0: message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, this is The Good News Show.
0: And good afternoon and welcome to The Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Thanks for joining us today. This is our... Opportunity to talk to you live, one hour a week. You know, we do the network show on Friday mornings, but that's everywhere. It goes across the entire network. But this is uh, here in North Texas. And uh, my name is Dave Palmer, Executive Director here at the station, host of this program. Cecil Anderson, faithfully and dutifully here today. Sicil, good afternoon. How are you?
2: Good afternoon. I'm doing pretty well.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, we've got the second half of the show today is going to be our our typical what well, is normally the fourth, uh, Monday of the month, but last week we weren't able to do the, this segment. And so we, I asked, uh, because it was Memorial Day. So I asked, uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford if he would push it to today. And so it's actually the first Monday of the month, but uh, it's what we call the University of Dallas segment of the Good News Show. And so he was kind enough to push it one week back. And so he is going to join us for the second half of the program. And he always brings a guest in from the University of Dallas, and today it's going to be uh, Dr. Andrew Glixman, who is the head of the theology department. Uh, it's interesting because Dr. Glicksman was actually—you know how they have oral comps when you get a, you get like a master's degree, and then you have to go in, and kind of the last thing you do after you take tests is you have to go before uh, a panel of two or three. Professors and they kind of grill you a little bit and mm-hmm. ask you some questions. Well, he was on my oral cops uh, kind of panel. <laughs> and so I, and he's a very nice guy and I, I've gotten to know his wife because I worked on a committee with her at St. Francis Montessori. Um, Emily Glicksman, but uh, anyway, so he's he's going to be on the show, and uh, I still have this image of... because You're, it, it's you're so just going to
2: like have nerves and <laughs> suddenly be like, oh no.
0: <laughs> but he's going to be on the phone today. Dr. Sanford's going to be in the studio, but uh, Dr. Glicksman will be talking about the responsibility of theologians to the church and society, and so that'll be in the second half today. The first half, I, I kind of want to, you know, I, I resisted the urge of having a guest on because... I wanted to open up the phone lines and just kind of talk about what is happening right now because I, I will tell you, you know, I'm 53 years old and I've I've lived uh, many decades uh, of life. But the last two months of my life has been by far the – I mean, it's just not my life. I mean, it's what's going on in society, first with the COVID-19 and then – uh, what's happened the last, uh, three, four nights, uh, not only in Dallas and I think maybe to, to a lesser degree in Fort Worth, but across the whole country. And it's so unsettling and it's so strange and I'm trying to get my head around it. Uh, I have certainly lost a lot of peace, which is never a good thing. And, uh, I, I just am curious uh, what, what everybody's thinking about all this. You know, I've got, I've got thoughts and I've had several conversations even uh, today with people, uh, I had a, a brief conversation with Father Jonathan Austin, uh, who, uh, is from St. Jude. He's the administrator of St. Jude Chapel in downtown Dallas, and a couple, uh, bricks were thrown through his window. And, uh, otherwise, he said, you yeah, know, everything's back to normal, and they're, they're hearing confessions this week, and during the day, there's really not much of a problem, but, I don't know how much of it all you watched. I, I, you probably didn't watch them, but as much of it, Cecil, as I did. No, uh, the, no. the video, Generally,
2: but, yeah. Generally, yeah. I try not to watch too much. I want to stay informed, but also sometimes, like we talked about, sometimes too much also yeah. does get you into a very a stressful state that doesn't. Yeah, I, I definitely have been, this last week has been a little bit weird. I've been having praying a lot on a lot of stuff. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm just curious, uh, if anybody wants to jump in, if you are maintaining your peace, maybe you're just not watching it. Uh, I I don't really have that option so much because when you host a show and when you come on, you have to kind of know what's going on. And I'm also a news junkie, and I probably watch way too much than I should. But uh, if you want to join us for the first half of the show, and just how are you doing? How are you maintaining your peace? I mean, I think we should be we should be unsettled. I don't think anybody can watch what's going on. I mean, you can't even watch the 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 murder of George Foley without being unsettled. I mean, mm-hmm. if you watch that and you're not unsettled, then there's something wrong with you. I mean, you should be bothered by that right um and if you watch what's happened across the country uh the last four nights first in minneapolis and then spread and what happened in in dallas and got a little information by the way about the guy the he, he's become known as the uh machete or sword wielding guy uh who was attacked viciously by the mob uh saturday night uh He's actually had, he's a, he's a, he's a local Catholic blogger and writer is and he, he's gone public on his social media platform. So I don't think I'm, uh, I, I his name is, uh, uh C.A. Schultz and uh, he has written some interesting things on his social media platform. I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Um, also want to talk about some news out of the Dallas Diocese. They have, um, done a lot of assignments, uh, for, uh, priests and uh, way more than we, we, I could ever announce, but, uh, some of the, uh, some interesting, you know, reassignments and I'll mention a few of them. I can't, I can't say them all, say them all, but some, also some priests that are retiring like Father Joseph Omer mm-hmm. at St. Patrick's and, uh, Monsignor Zimmerman at Christ the King is retiring. Um, Uh, Father Tim Gollub, a long, long time pastor in Dallas. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, did you know there are six newly ordained priests in the Dallas Diocese? Yes,
2: that's so exciting.
0: And unfortunately, they didn't, you know, they had to be a live stream mass of the, the the mass of ordination, but that's a big class. I mean, to have six. So cool. Uh, so we will mention them as well. And, uh, anything else that, that you want to talk about? 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. I will say a little bit of a, possibly an unpopular opinion. Um, the, you know, Fort Worth is allowing masses on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Dallas is still has mass during the week. They're allowing, uh, confessions, but no mass on, uh, on Sundays. Bishop Burns did. Uh, Do the homily from, I believe, St. Francis. That was a televised Mm -hmm. mass on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Talked to my mom this morning, and she said his homily was outstanding. It was about fear. Uh, you're from Fort Worth, Texas. I am. Yeah. And you have been going to St. Philip in Louisville. Yeah, yeah. And are you seeing a, a general uptick in the yeah, number of people that
2: are going? Definitely. The first time I went, um, it was it was it was a pretty a small crowd. But it's still even so, our church holds about 800 people, mm-hmm. so a small crowd. I'm talking about is like 200 people in yeah. it. Yeah. And now I'd say we're about at half capacity, which is what is allowed right now. Yeah. Um. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've seen it grow quite a bit.
0: Yeah. So, so but it, it, there there's it doesn't have 50% of the the people there would you say they're not turning people back or anything I don't know like if they're that. turning
2: anybody back at this point again are the way our church is built is and it's in the round it's kind of easy to spread people out so I don't mm-hmm. think they've turned anyone away from yeah, what I've
0: seen yeah I'll be honest and again the, the the whole face mask thing everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I personally don't like them at all uh, that's just that's just my opinion uh, our parish doesn't require them. And we also have reception on the tongue, uh, two things that I, I personally like, uh, and it, it's a small parish. I will mm-hmm. say that. I yeah. mean, we have a small and I think right. we, we could probably, if, if, if it was packed, probably only hold about 200 people, but every other pew is, is closed right. off. But yesterday I will say it was overflow and so much so that the entire church was filled up and then the usher had to set up chairs outside where people wow. weren't even able to hear the mass. I mean, they, I mean, cause I, I took Patrick to the restroom. <laughs> so I, I was out there uh, during mass and probably 40, 50 people outside wow. the church that not even able to hear it. And I talked to the usher afterwards and he said another 30 had to be turned away because there wasn't any room for them. And the most blessed sacrament down the street has a 10 o'clock mass. And so, again, I, I think there's certainly a, a a portion of the people that, you know, I, I think a lot of people are fine with the masks. They're, they're you know, and, and God bless you if that's your case. Uh, but I think there are a lot of people that just like don't don't see it as necessary
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, i do respect the bishop's right to make their own rules and their own diocese uh but uh, that's just my experience at my parish is that people are flocking to it
2: are you, is you are you guys still like under a dispensation or uh to not attend mass at your parish or oh yeah, you are, yeah. Okay, and yeah.
0: especially if somebody's sick or right, if somebody right. well, for any like, reason yeah. if you don't want to go you, you still don't have to go
2: yeah well even when, when we're not under a pandemic if you're sick you don't need to go to mass so, mm-hmm. but yeah
0: yeah all right. So let's see. Let me, uh, again, phone number 877-757-9424. I spoke to somebody this morning who didn't watch any TV over the weekend and uh, was almost uh, kind of oblivious, not oblivious of what's going on, but that, that was uh, her decision. Is just, you know, I'm not, I didn't pay much attention to it and probably has a lot more peace than me. But if you did watch uh, any of the the coverage and you saw what happened in uh, downtown Dallas and around the country, around even now the world that's going on, uh, and you want to comment on it, give us a call, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424.
2: You know, Dave, if you want to... On the, definitely can cause a lot of anxiety when looking at these things, especially with what was going on in Dallas and stuff like that. But to give on the opposite end of like good things that happened, uh, there was a protest in, um, the Fort Worth, uh, downtown Fort Worth area that did not break out into any riot period. It was oh, one really? of the most peaceful ones the country's had. Hmm. So they showed images of it with, a uh, Police officers, people of every race and every color standing next to each other and just peacefully, quietly yeah. praying and protesting.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. was an advocate of, of peaceful, yeah. uh, protests. And I would say he has probably done more for the civil rights movement than any person alive. Right. Gandhi advocated, um, nonviolent and uh, he did a lot, uh, for, for his cause. I don't, I mean, I think it almost goes without saying that the violent protests don't do any good. Right. And I, I was talking to somebody on the phone uh, this morning, and I, I talked about the the pro life movement. Okay. The pro-life movement, a great, great injustice. And I know there's, there's injustices without a doubt uh, among uh, the the African American community. And I'm not taking anything away from that. The pro-life movement has been enduring the scourge of abortion for decades. I mean, was it over 40 years now since Roe v. Wade? And it's been peaceful. And you know, hundreds of thousands of people travel to uh, DC every year and we have a big rally in downtown Dallas. Nobody's throwing bricks through windows. It's always peaceful and you got, you know, families there with, you know, or, or strollers and little by little by little minds are changing. Right. I mean, the statistics are showing that we're much more pro-life now than we were as, oh, yeah. as a country it had been 10 years ago. Absolutely. And I think there's something to say about a patient approach. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of frustration in oh, sure. In, in, in because of you know the, the the brutality and what you know people like um uh, uh George Floyd uh, endured and like mm-hmm. I said that that was horrendous and and the the, the perpetrators of that should be dealt with uh, as uh, to the extent that the law allows
3: right. but I
0: don't think anybody can say well, this is just how people vent. This is how people take out their frustration. Is that they, you know this is just kind of what we have to expect now. Anytime right. There's something oh yeah, like this.
2: and a lot of people come out. The thing is, is unfortunate is that it's not all the protesters. Like there are, there have been peaceful protests. There's just some people are coming out and are really tainting the protest by being violent, by rioting like this. Can you imagine, Dave, if just five random people came to the uh, March for Life who were not really pro life? But started rioting and throwing bricks and windows. That would mar the whole pro-life yeah. movement.
0: Well, I wonder why they don't, why they if, d- it doesn't if, happen if yeah. it's cause, you know, some people say they're actually white supremacists, the, uh, the Antifa. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with Antifa. And well, I, 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 we don't
2: know anything about what's going on with a lot of Yeah. This stuff, yeah. And,
0: and that's the thing that's so, all we know is that there's violence and we know that people, uh, innocent people are getting attacked mm-hmm. and, um, and, and in some cases being killed, uh, and, we just don't know who's in behind this Right. And it's not one race it's it's oh, very yeah, racially yeah. mixed there's a oh, lot yeah. there's a lot of uh, white people and, and and black people that are protesting there's there's some people that are getting violent uh, of all races uh i just i i just don't i think it's so counterproductive and i and i don't know what the end game is uh, for this but anyways if anybody wants to jump in and uh share your thoughts on this and like i said the main thing i want to know is if you are able to maintain your peace if you're able to not be agitated, not be worried, not be consumed by anxiety, what is your secret? I'm sure it has something to do with a very intense prayer life. <laughs> uh, 877-757-9424. 877 uh, 757 I do want to say that there was the very unfortunate situation on Saturday night where the video went viral of this guy in Dallas who, I guess it came out later, uh, was, was wielding either a sword or a machete. It was described in different ways. And then he just, <clears throat> I, I guess, and, and he's actually posting, and so I'll use his own words about what he said happened, uh, in, assuming this is his account. I think it is. Uh, and then the, the mob just, I mean, beat him to a pulp. Most of the people thought that he was probably dead. But assuming this is actually the guy's account, uh, C.A. Schultz, if it isn't, I apologize. I think it is. And he said, The very next day, he said, so, hey, funny story, the guy in this video getting his bleep kicked, that's me. I had a bit of an adventure this evening, a bit of an adventure, trying to protect a bar I love, one that ended with me in the hospital, but I am quite alive, if a bit worse for wear. And then Mm -hmm. he said, so, Schultz, you must be saying to yourself, what on earth were you thinking, trying to hold off an entire group of people like that on your own? Well, I shall eagerly confess, on my own was a big mistake, Uh, but I will endeavor to explain my actions a bit. First of all, I felt a certain amount of direct danger from the large groups of people moving through that neighborhood because Victory Park is my neighborhood. I live in an apartment building only a few blocks from where I was attacked. I didn't come from far away. Um, Access to my building is restricted, but I couldn't help but worry about it being breached. If my concierge was overpowered, anyone who overpowered him could access every floor of the building, including mine. So my thought was that it would be better to go to them first. I felt a strong feeling that it was better to let myself meet the danger head on rather than wait for it to come seek me out. This was probably foolish rather than brave in hindsight, but it is what I thought at the time. There is also the matter of where I was exactly. The night before <clears throat> last, Deep Ellum was attacked and destroyed. Of the buildings that were devastated, one of them was my barber shop, high and tight. It was severely damaged and I worry that it will never reopen. It made me feel what might be lost. It, it made me fear what might be lost in Victory Park. Okay. So that was his <clears throat> explanation. Uh, and it goes on, but he, Amazingly, most people thought this guy was dead, mm. and he's like up on social media the yeah. next day <laughs> <He's fine. laughs> explaining. But I, I think I, I, you just can't do that. No. I mean, that, that's no. that, that's absolutely ridiculous. I think you know. I think one of the things that that's difficult is people are going to fear working downtown, being downtown, being anywhere around downtown. And that's one of the, uh, the great, um, tragedies of this because there's a lot of great stuff going on in downtown. But you mentioned in Fort Worth, it was peaceful.
2: Yeah. Fort Worth is a, apparently, uh, there was an article that a friend had shared and I looked into it and read a little bit more about that. Yeah. Fort Worth is one of the biggest cities that is the only one that hasn't gotten violent in any way. It's been, and it's been over several days. They've had the same protests and it's not gotten violent. They've also heard of other things where. You know, um, Wichita, Kansas, I think they decided instead of having just a walking, uh, protest, they decided to have a, a picnic with, the uh, police officers mm-hmm. and just to talk about their point of views, yeah. which I thought was also more of a constructive thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you hear about the, uh, the, I think it was a sheriff or somebody in Michigan who actually took off his mask and he joined the protesters and actually walked with them. He was one of the, oh. uh, the, the, the head, uh, I, I think, uh, top of the county I should get my facts right but uh, <laughs> uh, that, that ended out well
3: That's good. all right let
0: yeah. me uh let me just uh, explain a, a few of the other things that are going on sure. again if you'd like to uh weigh in on this eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four I also want to thank we've got a new intern here at the station and people listening yes. may think like if you've got uh a son or daughter, or maybe you are somebody that's in high school or college age, and you want to have experience working in Catholic radio. <clears throat> we do have summer internships, and we have this wonderful family that you know, the Cavanas yes. yeah. or Cavanas.
2: Cavanas, right? Cavanas. I've been saying he—he—he—he's not telling me.
0: He's not saying. <laughs> he doesn't <Okay>. know. <laughs> so, so many many years ago, probably gosh, it must have been ten years ago, uh, I got uh, contacted by a Fra- Guy Francis Cavana and he wanted to come in and intern, and he did. He just did a, a, a wonderful, wonderful job. And then about two years later, I got his brother, John Kavanaugh, came in and interned, and he did a great job. And now recently, I got contacted again, and now it's Sam Kavanaugh. <laughs> and so we're going through the entire command. Is Sam the youngest? Is no, a, no, he's got
2: a, a younger sister, but he's <clears throat> the youngest boy. So. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So, anyways, so we're happy to have him here. And if uh, you are uh, interested in, in interning and learning about Catholic radio, especially if you have something, uh, did you know he's a? He, I don't. I'm not going to embarrass him here, but he he actually does like YouTube channel. He's got his own little social media. I channel. I didn't know he, that, he, but he,
2: Sam, don't worry, I'll find you, it. You gotta check it out. He does. <laughs> that's he, has, awesome. he does
0: comedy. I won't. Oh, I won't, that's great. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's actually great. it's actually quite funny. I thought it was interesting. All right. So here is. Um, Let's see. Let's first of all congratulate the men who were ordained. Uh, Bishop Edward Burns ordained six men as priests for the Diocese of Dallas on Saturday, May 30th, uh, last Saturday, 10 a.m., St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church in Frisco. And this is a big group of, uh, of, uh, ordained men. I mean, I think, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe 50 years ago, you were having groups this size or bigger, but, uh, by today's standards, it's, it's pretty big, so.
2: Yeah, that's, oh, sorry. I was just going to oh, say, exciting. No. On the fourth diocese, we just ordained, uh, six, uh, deacons. Uh, the, the priests, the, you know, seminaries are now yeah, deacons and are going to be. Transitional deacons? Yeah, trans- yeah. I couldn't remember the word. I was like, I know there's a word that they're not like deacons. Right, but, right. Um, and so next year we'll have a group, I think, of about six or seven as oh, well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So that's pretty cool.
0: And it's got to make a bishop so happy to get a group this big oh, yes yeah. as I'll mention there are several priests like I mentioned who are retiring and you have to replace these priests and uh, you know the, the, the every parish needs to need somebody okay so our new six priests in the Dallas diocese are uh, Reverend Mr. Garrett Bachman from SMU campus campus ministry and also Saint Elizabeth and Seton parish in Plano originally from San Antonio uh, Reverend Mr. Ryan Heischutter from, I hope I got that right, from St. Anne's Catholic Church in Capel. St. Anne's really has produced a lot yeah, of vocations yeah. over the last, uh, uh, 10, 15 years. Uh, also, uh, Reverend Mr. Mark Garrett, uh, from, um, are there, oh, there, okay, there's a Mr. Garrett and then there's a Garrett Bachman. Okay. Uh, Reverend Mr. Mark Garrett from Our Lady of the Lake in Rockwall. Uh, Reverend Mr. Aristio Hernandez from St. Augustine Parish in Pleasant Grove, uh, Reverend Mr. Elmer Herrera Guzman from Santa Clara Catholic Church in Oak Cliff, and who was originally from El Salvador, and also Reverend Mr. Branamir Pavilin from Immaculate Conception Catholic Church in Grand Prairie and originally from croatia wow. uh two more men from the same seminary class will be ordained in the fall
2: That's so cool So
0: we're going to have, have wow. eight priests just from holy trinity See? parish and that Something. doesn't even match that doesn't even uh, I don't I, I don't know if the redemptorist Mater seminarians are in this group or not maybe the one from croatia might be a redemptorist That's Mater. a
2: good question I actually don't know that either yeah, but That's so exciting
0: Yeah that's very exciting oh, so, thank
2: you all for here your-
0: yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I don't know if they've been given their uh, assignments yet, uh, but we'll find out. And then also I wanted to mention some of the uh, assignments that have changed for the priests in the Dallas Diocese. And again, there's way too many to mention, but I'll just mention a few of them of, of people you may be familiar with. Our dear friend, Father James Yamauchi, uh was the pastor of St. Martin of Tours in Forney. You know, you and I oh, were out yeah. there doing the fall Absolutely. festival. Uh, he has been assigned as formation staff at Holy Trinity Seminary, oh, wow. and that surprised me because he's got this big project, project going on—a big building on, yeah. project—and I know he he loved being out there. And I actually heard from him, and he said, "Hey, you know, I mean," he said, "I'm I'm excited for my uh, new assignment." He actually said, "You know, I'll be closer to the radio station," <laughs> which uh, <laughs> so we're
2: gonna have more uh, visits from Father. Yeah, ho- hopefully, what we're saying. hopefully, so That's awesome. yeah.
0: And let's see, uh, Father Kevin Wilwert, uh, is been renewed as formation faculty at uh, Holy Trinity Seminary. Father, um, okay, I won't say the ones that are renewed because that, that's just they're keeping their position. Uh, Monsignor Donald Zimmerman has retired as pastor of Christ the King Parish. Fa- Father Anthony Lackland, uh, formerly from Holy Trinity Seminary has been assigned as the pastor of Christ the King in Dallas. And Monsignor Zimmerman has been at that parish as pastor. I want to say 20 years. Wow. It's been a long time. I may be off a little bit, but, uh, um, okay. Yeah, they, they do have the assignments of the new priests, uh, like, uh, Reverend Ryan Heishutter, who I mentioned. He's going to be at Christ the King in Dallas. Uh, let's see. Reverend uh, Wade Bass, formerly at St. Monica, has, uh, been assigned a chaplain at SMU and in residence at Christ the King. Uh, Father Joseph Omer Koenig, uh, has retired as the pastor of St. Patrick's, and I will say he, has been such a friend uh to to Catholic Radio in allowing us to come out there and that, that parish has great sentimental value to me because uh, that's where I grew up at St. Patrick's in Dallas. So uh thanks to him, uh, a wonderful priest, uh from Germany, you know, his story, he's got six seven kids, His he was a widow, uh became a deacon wow. and then became a a, a pastor, but uh, thanks so much uh, Father Joseph Omer Koenig. And let me mention a few other ones that, um, I'm just mentioning the ones that I know more, just cause I, I'm more familiar with them, but I don't mean to over, overlook anybody. Uh, uh Father Mark Garrett, newly ordained, has been assigned to St. Monica's. Uh, Father Michael Bainham, formerly at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Plano, has been assigned to St. Rita in Dallas as Prochio Vicar. And uh newly ordained uh Father Garrett Bachman is going to be uh assigned to San Juan Diego for the this summer and returning to studies in the fall. Um let's see who else. Um uh da, 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 da. Father Joseph Meehan is gonna stay at St. Michael the Archangel Parish in Garland for another six years. Uh Father Cruz Calderon, I actually heard this one from our friend Carla uh, at Saint Cecilia. Father Cruz, who has he does a lot of work on the Spanish station here um at Guadalupe Radio, formerly pastor of Santa Clara parish in uh in Dallas, has been assigned pastor of Saint Cecilia in Dallas. And uh Father Brandamir Pavlin, newly ordained, has been assigned to Nuestra Señora del Pilar in Dallas as parochial vicar. And then, uh, Father Tim Gallup, I mentioned him a moment ago, formerly pastor of Holy Cross Parish in Dallas. He has retired.
3: Mm.
0: He's been pastor there for a long time. Oh. That's another one like from Monsignor Zimmerman. I think it's been over 20 years. Wow. Long, long time. Father Arthur, uh, formerly chaplain at SMU has been assigned the pastoral administrator at Holy Cross in Dallas. Wow. Oh. And then, let's see, any others? um I think that's, that's gonna do did, it. There, I, there are others.
2: Did you, you might have missed, uh, mentioned it, but who is taking over for Father Yamuchi at...
0: Oh, that's, a. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I th- I think it's going to be on here somewhere, but I yeah, have to if go. it's too
2: much, to, I was just wondering. Uh, was
0: yeah, I think I'm going to have to dig around and find. No You had to ask. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. All right. Uh, do you want to mention the Facebook page where yeah, we are? Yeah, that'd
2: be great. Oh my gosh, voice crack as soon as I started speaking.
0: Um, <laughs> getting emotional.
2: I am so emotional because we are five people away from getting 300 people in our Facebook group for the local 9:10 a.m. station. I don't know if you remember the last couple of weeks we been talking about we've been getting closer and closer to 300 people but somehow we like took a break from memorial day and we magically started garnering more members which is awesome so to join our group you can go to uh, facebook.com and in the facebook search bar you type in grndfw and you ask to join the group and the thing about a facebook group is that everyone can post Mm -hmm. so if you have your church is having some sort of event um you know obviously more will be happening hopefully in the future you can post about it if you have um And like, there's someone who posts about the road, praying the rosary together. There's all sorts of things that can go on. Plus, we'll be posting updates about things going on here at the station. So it's a lot of fun. And I just got one request to join. Oh, oh, you just did right now. I just did right now. So I got distracted. (laughs) So we now have only, uh, four more people to get to 300. We like to set goals to hit those goals because our goal is to one day have 20,000, right, Dave?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, (laughs) 20,000. We're on our way, right? We're on our way. We've got to get to 300 first. Yes,
2: 300 first and then 2,000.
0: Okay, well, let's let's just mention it again, then. This is the uh, The DFW Facebook page, and uh, last uh, Friday, I put uh, a picture of you up there. Did you see that? (laughs) Yes, I did. Uh, (laughs) Because her her, uh, brother and sister, Tova and Willem, came and visited her and spent the day, the half a day with her uh, on her birthday up here at the studio, so you can see Thistle and her siblings, and uh, our, our are a, lot, are a lot more people posting things? Or are we getting? Yeah,
2: I think we're starting to. I think the more people that are in, the more variety of things that are going to get posted, yeah. which is which is exciting because then we all get to find out about cool things that are happening in our uh, DFW Catholic world. So yeah, go to Facebook.com and in the Facebook search bar you type in GRNDFW and once you find the page. You just ask to join the group, and I'll approve you.
0: Mm-hmm. All okay. right. All right. Uh, so you will be automatically approved. Uh, let's see if we can get to 300 by the end of the program today. All right. It's 29 minutes after the hour. I'll just put a little bow on the the topic about all the, the, the things that are creating a lot of uh, anxiety and nervousness uh, with me, and maybe not everybody, but... Uh, ultimately, I think we have to consider that this is not our final home. We're passing through and this life is not expected to be or, or should be totally free of anxiety. I mean, this is kind of, but, uh, you know, our home is heaven and we have to keep our, our sights uh, on that. And, uh, of course, the intercession of the saints. And uh, I couldn't help but think that when I see these videos of people being savagely attacked or, or even, you know, what happened uh, with, um, uh, uh Mr George uh, George Floyd yeah. is that you know the, the the same thing happened to our lord I mean he he was he mm. was killed um mercilessly I mean, and and so um that doesn't take anything away from uh, how bad it is but you know it's it it just um there's there's a lot of injustices and I think there always will be uh, in 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 society and so we we've tried to ra- write those as much as we can otherwise we just trust in the good lord to bring peace in our hearts and in our society uh, as he will. All right, uh, it's 30 after now. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Good News Show here on uh, KTH 9:10 a.m. And as I mentioned, uh, we're going to have the University of Dallas segment of the Good News Show. Dr. Jonathan Sanford is going to join us. He is provost of the University of Dallas and a professor of philosophy, and we're going to be joined by phone with Dr. Andrew Glicksman, chair of the theology department at University of Dallas, and they're going to be talking about the responsibility of theologians to the church and society. So that's coming up right after this. Thank you to all the sponsors of the July 23rd Summer Speaker Series event with keynote speaker Monsignor Charles Pope benefiting KTH 910 AM. One such sponsor is Sue Locks, a realtor with EXP Realty. Sue and her husband Frank are parishioners at St. Elizabeth Anceton Parish in Keller where Sue's brother, Father James Flynn, is the pastor. If you live in Tarrant County and are interested in buying or selling a home, you can reach Sue Locks by calling 817-939-8595 or by searching for her on Facebook. That's Sue Locks, spelled L-A-U-X.
3: Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. Clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. I Never heard y'all before there is this lady with her big white suv and on the back of the windshield is this big cross with y'all's radio station underneath put it on y'all's radio
0: station anyhow and then it starts talking about the saints and how the saints give you signs and they
2: lead you into the right direction just appreciate you and god for putting that sign in my life and letting me know that it, it is him and it's okay
1: the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul. Did you know that the Knights
0: of Columbus donated over $175 million to charity and volunteered over 75 million hours last year? They accomplished this with almost 2 million members. And with you joining the Knights of Columbus, we can give you an outlet to get involved. This is merely an opportunity, not an obligation. And your level of involvement will be completely up to you and your family. Join online today at www.knights.net. That's www.knights.net.
2: In this time where many of us have been unable to attend Mass and our prayer groups, Bible studies, and other formation groups have been postponed or even canceled, has Catholic Radio helped you? We are looking for some North Texas folks who are willing to record short testimonies for our upcoming Summer share if you or someone you know has a story to share about how Catholic radio has impacted you in the last few months, email Dave Palmer at Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Again, that's Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Do you want a faith-filled Catholic community where your child will thrive? Discover Immaculate Conception Catholic School in Denton, where your child will receive the very best spiritual foundation, along with excellence in education. ICCS serves 250 students ages 3 through 8th grade. Whether it's living the rosary, the celebration of the mass, or the formation of saints, scholars, musicians, and athletes, Our Lady School is the place to be. For more information, call 940-381-1155 to arrange a tour or visit catholicschooldenton.org.
0: Welcome back to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network, 33 minutes after noon now. Thanks for joining us. Phone number is 877 As I mentioned last, Monday was Memorial Day, and that was the day typically we would have had our UD segment uh, of the, the show, and I asked... Uh, uh, Dr. Sanford, if you wouldn't mind pushing it one week back, and so he was kind enough to do that. So he is here in studio, and he's got a guest that he's going to introduce here in a moment. But uh, good afternoon,
1: good to see you. Great to see you, Dave. It's wonderful to be with you as always.
0: Let's. Uh, anything new as far as um, University of Dallas? Any. Uh, additional information about the plans for the fall or what, how are things looking?
1: You know, things, things are looking good. We're planning to open up in the fall and have on-ground classes. Um, we've had a lot of students enroll in our online offerings over the course of the summer, but we're eager to, um, do what we do so well, which is to run on-ground classes come this fall. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're looking at, at tinkering slightly with the schedule to, um, finish up a little earlier and adjusting the thanksgiving schedule and and a few other a few other points but um i'll be sending out a notice about that soon but but the plan is to move forward and we're of course taking all kinds of precautions mm-hmm. the the safety of our students faculty and staff is our our top priority yeah and and so we've we've got expansions to the health uh, health clinic and and ways to to provide for those students who um, might test positive for COVID 19 and and who knows you know it's, it's hard to predict exactly but mm-hmm. but we feel yeah. like we got a plan that we can move forward with.
0: All right. We also have a plan for this segment, and you have uh, brought on another wonderful guest who joins us by phone, so I'll put him on the air, and you can go ahead and do the introduction.
1: Great. So I, I'm, I'm really pleased to announce that we have today Dr. Andrew Glicksman. He is an associate professor of theology and a chair of the department from which Dave Palmer received a master's <laughs> from the University of Dallas. He was on my oral comps uh, uh, panel. And so and, and, I, he, and he somehow let you through. That's <laughs> remarkable. It oh, was a don't wonderful don't <laughs> Him, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yes, Dr. Glicksman is the chair of our, our theology department. Thanks so much for joining us Dr glixman
4: oh thank you dr sanford it 's uh,
1: a joy to be here so you know what what I want to focus on today is is um, ultimately the the role of of theology. In its responsibility to the church, its responsibility to society, and that includes the role of theology within a Catholic education, and the the kind of dialogue between faith and reason that's only made possible when you when you have a um, a strong department of theology at a, a Catholic university. Um but before we get to that I, I i I think the listeners would enjoy hearing a little bit about you. You yourself are an alumnus of the university of dallas and and i'm I'm curious whether it was theology that that brought you to the University of dallas or or something else.
4: uh yes, it was actually theology that um piqued my interest in the University of Dallas. I knew coming out of high school that I wanted to study theology in university and I was looking to study at a school with a very strong Catholic identity, Mm -hmm. with fidelity to the teaching of the Church. And I narrowed down my search to two schools, and uh, one of which was UD. Mm -hmm. And um, a major draw to UD was actually the Rome program, where Mm -hmm. you get to study for one semester in Rome. Mm -hmm. And that really piqued my interest and nudged me further in the direction of UD. And then I made an on-campus visit. And um, during that visit, interacting with the students and the faculty on campus, I really fell in love with the place. Mm -hmm. It felt Mm -hmm. like home, like I belonged, Mm -hmm. and I'm still here. Yeah, that's right. I left (laughs) for—I came back, you know. I left for a little while to do graduate work at Catholic University of America, but I, I came back and I've been a professor in the theology department for about 12 years now.
1: Well, we're, we're blessed to have you at the university, and, and in fact, not only did you study in Rome as a student, but um, you you were in service there for I, I think two full years. Um, um, yes, and um, um, that was maybe three three or four years ago. So, um, yeah, yeah, and and that must have been a, a real treat to be able to combine your your teaching in theology with your great love for the Eternal City.
4: Yeah, it was wonderful to first have gone as a student. It it was really interesting. I went as a student in the year 2000, so the Great Jubilee in 2000. And then when we went back, uh, we were there for uh, the most recent Jubilee. Mm -hmm. And um, what an experience to to go back as a professor. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's one thing to go as a student, but to go back as a professor and having all that graduate education under your belt to uh, visit, these places again where these great theological thinkers had these great thoughts. And to be able to share that with the students um, mm-hmm. is I, I'm, I'm ready to go back whenever <laughs> <laughs> there's always a willingness we'll, there.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Dr. Sure, sure. Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: So, so you, you specialize in, in scripture and, um, that's right. and and um just just for the benefit of our audience could you could you describe the major areas of theology i think when we hear theology we 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 might think of of uh, the science of god and all that god knows that's how aquinas defines the divine science or what we often refer to as theology now in in mm-hmm. the the um, uh, the sacred sense of theology uh, but w- what are the major branches and and what role does does the study of Scripture have with respect to those other branches of theology? Okay,
4: good. Uh, so, big question here. So, I'd say that there are, and this is debatable, but I'd say there are four main branches of theology and in the theology department at UD, this is the way we divide up our courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'll list them and then say a few words about each one and then talk about how Scripture relates to uh, the others. But So, we would start with, Uh, scripture, so biblical theology, then moral theology, historical theology, and systematic theology, Mm -hmm. and just a few words about each one. So scripture, um, biblical theology, what we're interested in here, um, we try to answer the question, what does the Bible teach us about God? Mm -hmm. Who is he? What does he do? Um, But then also, what does the Bible teach us about ourselves? Uh, Who are we, and what is our relationship to God? Mm -hmm. And uh, here we try to understand the Bible in terms of its original context. What did it mean back then, when when the texts were originally written? Uh, but then also, what does it mean to us today? This is a very important question to answer. And how do those two understandings of the text relate to one another? There should be a connection there. Mm-hmm. So what does Scripture mean for the life of the Church? That's a very important part of uh, studying the Bible. And then moral theology, of course, is the study of proper human behavior with respect to God and to others. So what is the proper way to act as a Christian? Historical theology would be the study of the truths, the dogmas, doctrines of the Church as presented over time. So over the course of the Church's history, how has the Church uh, approached various teachings over time? It's understanding of those teachings mm-hmm. in various generations. And then systematic theology is what it sounds like. It's a systematic, orderly, expounding, explaining of the truths of the faith as we have them today. Mm-hmm. Mainly by uh, specific subjects. So, not just what the church teaches, but why does the church teach what it teaches? And so, this area, systematic theology, brings in philosophical concepts and modes of thought to explain the truths of the faith. Mm-hmm. And within systematic theology itself, self, there are various sub areas, and I don't want to get, you know, there, I don't want to list them all here, but just to give you some idea, Trinitarian theology christology christian christian anthropology mm-hmm. right what's a christian understanding of the human person ecclesiology what is the christian understanding of the church eschatology you know what are the end times about the final things matters pertain to heaven and hell mm-hmm. um so so i think that's probably um a good overview of, of the four major branches mm-hmm. um now to your other question about uh, how does scripture relate to those other three branches uh, as a scripture scholar, I take great joy in emphasizing that uh, scripture is the soul of theology. Mm-hmm. Um, and that expression, soul of theology, is an expression found in many church documents, including uh, the document De Verbum, which mm-hmm. is the dogmatic constitution on divine revelation that came out of the most recent ecumenical council, Vatican II. Mm-hmm. Um, so if scripture is the soul of theology, what does that mean? It means that it is, uh, it is that which gives life. The theological inquiry, and uh, why is that? It's it's because God. Uh, it's because Scripture is God's word.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It's one of the primary ways that God communicates Himself to us. Right? Mm-hmm. God reveals Himself through creation, through tradition, um, oral tradition. But a lot of that oral, tra- much of that oral tra- tradition has been written down and canonized in a special way through Scripture. So Scripture is part of God's communication mm-hmm. to us. So mm-hmm. um, Scripture is. A major foundation of theological inquiry. Uh, All the other theological areas should begin with Scripture as their basis or have an eye on Scripture. Um, But also, one of the major roles of Scripture scholars is to help Scripture, to help make Scripture accessible to theologians in other areas Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to be in dialogue with those who specialize in those theological areas and also to learn from those other scholars. So I'm not saying that, oh, those systematicians, those moral theologians and patristic scholars, they have so much to learn from us biblical scholars, and, and we don't have much to learn from them. That's mm-hmm. not true. It's it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we scripture scholars, should be attuned to um, the, the findings of uh, theologians in those other areas. In order to get a sense of the larger living theological tradition, and how that living tradition impacts reading of Scripture. So it's a give-and-take mm-hmm. relationship, or it should be. And, and I think that's something that we try to foster in the theological department at UD.
1: That, that's, that's a really helpful description. Thank you very much, Dr. Glicksman. I, I love that expression, that, uh, Scripture is the soul of theology. And I, I guess that helps mm-hmm. to explain in part why the, the first course in theology that all of our our undergraduate students take is understanding the Bible. And right. um, and that that sets the foundation from which further studies, including reflections upon the the Western theological tradition and 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 hopefully uh, deeper studies as more and more of them take on minors or concentrations and 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 mm-hmm. majors in theology, they're they're uh, deepening their study of those different those different areas. The yes. the um, you know when when you think about um the the dialogue between faith and reason in your experience either as a student or how you facilitate that as a as a professor at the University of, of Dallas how how do you you talked a little bit about how how uh, different parts of theology are related to each other how how is how is theology related to the other disciplines and and what role does does theology have vis-a-vis driving that that dialogue between faith and reason if, mm-hmm. if you will
4: yeah, I think I think it's best here to evoke the very famous definition for theology, mm-hmm. um, which I think was coined by Augustine, or I've I've seen elsewhere it's actually Anselm of Canterbury, or both.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but that theology is uh, one way to look at it is fides querens intellectum.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So that's Latin, and Latin that means faith seeking understanding. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, if theology is faith seeking understanding, uh, and by that very definition we have both faith and reason at work, right? Reason by which we seek to understand. Mm-hmm. And so we begin with the premise of faith, a certain belief in what is true, and then seek to understand that faith through reason. Mm-hmm. So the faith, which is grounded in truth, must also then be
1: reason. Oh, huh. well, we, we lose him? We, we may have lost him. Let me see if I... Uh, yeah. Okay, if, are you there, Dr. Glicksman? Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have Cicero give him a call okay. again and, and get him back on the line, but maybe I, I can complete the thought. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, so, fides querens intellectum, this, that's actually an expression coming out of St. Anselm of Cata, uh, Canterbury, and, and he, he does derive it from, from St. Augustine, who, who argues that, um, you know, the wisdom begins with, with belief. He says, credo ut intelligam, so I believe so that I might understand right so the the um the 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 beginning point of faith is not the end of the journey in um the life of the mind, the life of inquiry faith is is a beginning and uh-huh. it opens up into into grand new territories and i I think it's really important to to emphasize just that point because oftentimes um we we hear um believers described as those who think they have it all figured out mm-hmm. but it, but in fact to to be a uh, to be a, a catholic is is to recognize how much more you have to learn and yet to have a rooted security in that that theological virtue of faith, that gift that God infuses into our soul from which um, so much more can be learned. Yeah,
0: Boy, I'm glad we have you here, Dr. Sanford, to be able to just fill in the blanks there. We do have him back, and I I have a request if at the end of this interview, if maybe we could uh, you or Dr. Glicksman could comment on Father Dennis, because I know he was a big part of the the, the faculty there at the University of Dallas who passed away recently. I had classes with him, and I know he Mm -hmm. taught uh, a lot of scripture classes, so I don't know if, if maybe you could Absolutely. just say, say a word yeah. in, in his memory. So, but anyways, we got Dr. Glucksman back on, and uh, we trust you're here. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I'm Glicksman here now. I <laughs> don't know. I, I apologize. I don't
4: know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we, i apologize i do not know what happened i not know i am assuming that Dr. Sanford had a better answer than me. I, 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 I don't out.
1: know if it was if it was better, but I but I, I I do think we're ready to move on and. and and, and I do I do want to um, explore a little bit. So some, sometimes we think of of the work of education as though it's it's somehow separate from the work of service to the culture. And I I think that's wrong. I think education is fundamentally a matter of culture formation where in in our our efforts to teach our students and to teach them well, we are preparing them to live. Flourishing lives, lives in service to, to God, to their country, to their communities, and, and that's by virtue of the formation that we provide. But there's, there are also additional ways, it seems to me, in which theology bears a, a responsibility and, and theologians themselves bear a responsibility to, to, to give good witness to the, the magisterium, and at times you think particularly of a moral theologian to, to, uh, um, to engage in reflection upon uh, controversial moral questions that are mm-hmm. um, um, part of the, the the fabric of contemporary debates um, how How do you understand the the relationship of of theology or or perhaps we should say theologians to to the church and to society
3: mm-hmm. well
4: theologians and you know, here I'm talking specifically about Catholic theologians. Catholic mm-hmm. theologians, I think, are ultimately in service to God and to his church. And mm-hmm. so uh, the main role of a theologian is to expound or explain the truths of the faith to make them relevant for each new generation.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Each uh, generation needs to rediscover the truths of the faith and make them their own mm-hmm. to make them relevant so that the community, is, uh, the church, is better able to understand and to live the faith in their own day, mm-hmm. and so uh, this means to come into a deeper understanding of God uh, in each new generation, uh, which is ultimately what that means is to come into a deeper love for God and a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so what, so yeah, what, go ahead yeah what, what, you, you just made this um, you know a distinction between knowing God and, and loving God. How, how do those two fit, fit together?
4: I would say that the more we know something or someone, uh, the more we come into, uh, w- the more we love that thing or person. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thinking about St. Augustine here, and when he talks about, you know, that which you think about, right, is what, where your um, efforts are pointed towards, and that's mm-hmm. what you love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the more that we have we're contemplating God and have God on our mind and God on our end, the more we love God. Mm-hmm. And the more we love God, that's deepening our relationship with him. Okay. If we're deepening our, rela- deepening our relationship with him, then we have a more of a desire to uh, serve him mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I would see that. And so it all comes down to, again, to know, love, and serve God. Those three things are intimately connected. And I think that's really a major role of a theologian, to foster those three elements.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. you know it, it' when I was um, uh, coming up through through the academic um, ranks even going back to my undergraduate days there were there was a lot of debate about whether or not theologians really do have a responsibility to um, mm-hmm. uh, to their to their bishop to the church or um and and sometimes those debates were were pitted in terms of academic freedom versus um mm. fidelity and, and witness um do you do you see those two as as and, and I should give a little context here part of this was the the excord ecclesia um was was on the scene in um um sort of the early part of my college years and then when i was in in graduate school i think it was um the um uh the the bishops made a um, an interpretation of the American bishops of of what excordia ecclesia means for um, American Catholic universities. But how how do you how do you think about the relationship between uh, academic freedom and uh, fidelity of witness in in your role as a theologian?
3: So
4: I you know I see it as theologians um, themselves are not the ultimate custodians of the truths of the faith. We help um, expound them, um, but we're at the service of the Church. And so the ultimate custodians of the truth of the faith, uh, that role belongs to the bishops, mm-hmm. the magisterium, the bishops who hold the teaching office of the Church and are led by the Holy Spirit in a special way as successors of the apostles. Mm-hmm. And so theologians, I think theologians can be led by the Spirit, uh, but not entirely on their own. It's always in the context of a larger community, the Church. And so theologians assist the bishops. They're in the service of the bishops in the larger church with the goal of fostering a deeper understanding of God and, therefore, love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so the role of theologians is to um, to be of service, to help explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but theologians are not the ultimate custodians of the truths of the faith. Mm-hmm. Now that, that role, that job, lies on the bishops.
1: Mm-hmm. What what do you see, Doctor Glixman, as as the most pressing um, challenges face, facing theologians today? Um, maybe mm-hmm. maybe uh, facing theologians because they're facing the church. Um, I'm not I'm not sure how you mm-hmm. would how you would parse that. But what, what do you see as the most press, pressing ways in which theologians have a responsibility to uh, to serve mm-hmm. our church in this day and age?
4: I think um, I think it's very important in our day and age and really in every age, for theologians to have a fervent prayer life. Mm -hmm. So to do theology on one's knees, so to speak, um, to read the Bible daily. Mm -hmm. And, And so what this means is to root one's life in communication with God. God speaks to us through the scriptures. God speaks to us through our prayer life with him. And really to make a conscious effort to live the faith. I think that the best way to teach the faith is to actually live it. You can't authentically give the faith if you don't live the faith. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a a motto that I try to abide by. Mm -hmm. If I'm not living it, I can't give it. It's not authentic. And, um, you know, my students, I know, you know, students can see through inauthentic teaching, right? If you're not um, living it, they they know that, you know, what you're saying is going to fall on deaf ears.
1: Well, you know, I I I, I think that is such a, a great point, and I'm, I'm cutting in here just a little bit. And I apologize yeah. for that because we're our time sure. is winding down, and I do think it's a really good idea just to say a couple of things about Father Dennis, um, who is a longtime Cistercian monk, longtime professor of theology at the University mm-hmm. of Dallas, and and i i knew him a little bit but but i suspect you knew him quite a bit better dr glixman and and would would you like to uh share a, a few um, remarks unfortunately
4: i did not know him all that well uh-huh. um so i was a student at ud but i never had a course with him i this is a really a real hole in my education idea. I didn't have either of the sister. I didn't have father rock and I didn't have father Dennis,
3: Mm -hmm. um, not on purpose. I just didn't
4: didn't come up. Um, but I did have a few encounters with father Dennis, um, when I came back as uh, a teacher or as a professor. Mm -hmm. Um, and just what a wise man, what a, uh, you know, um, a great, this is a great loss for not only our university, but also, uh, for the church. But, but, yeah. you know to keep it positive he he left a lot of great work behind um
1: including many monks his, that he that he, he, he <laughs> yes. helped, helped encourage <laughs> the monks, into the yeah. into the monastery yes of course right. he was a great, yes. a great monks,
4: exactly he's left such a legacy behind the monks but also his um his theological work on scripture
3: mm-hmm. is yeah.
4: it's it's um so um rich and it's going to take um, biblical theologians generations to unpack what he's left behind. Well, thank, um, thank
1: you for that, so. Dr. Glicksman, and thank you so yeah. much for your, your generosity in, in coming on and spending some time with us. And uh, Dave needs to to move into the next segment here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm on When looks. the music starts,
3: we
2: got about 20 <laughs> seconds
0: to go. So again, right. uh, thanks good. so much to Dr. Uh, Andrew Wixman, also uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford. Thank you so much. My and pleasure. Uh, we'll see you next month. Thanks to Sissel. Thanks to everybody who is listening, and uh, God bless you. Don't forget, next Tuesday the
1: Share-a-thon starts. Summer Share-a-thon. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
4: Hi, this is Bob Dwayne with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My wife, Norma and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901.
3: One million men marched. We, the indigenous peoples of Biafra, invite Biafran, friends of Biafra, and lovers of freedom everywhere to join us at the mall in Washington, D.C. on June 20, 2020 for the monumental step in the actualization of the freedom of our dear nation, Biafra. Join the leaders of IPOB during the rally and also at the after rally events. Visit IPOBinUSA.org.
4: Hello, this is Bob Parra, owner of the Parra Car Care Stores and a sponsor of KATH 910 AM Radio. We are so thankful to all the frontline responders, educators, and clergy during this pandemic. Parra Car Care is donating oil changes and summer checkups now to Memorial Day to all you unsung heroes as our way of saying thank you. You do your best every day. We want to return the favor. You can make an appointment through our website at paracarcare.com. Be strong, America. We'll get through
1: this together. K.A.T.H. 910 A.M. Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. ...themselves to be touched by the heart of Jesus. <laughs>